Chris, you were doing a little dance into that theme. I shouldn't have interrupted you, but <laughs> it is kind of catchy, isn't it? Uh, some people want to know what that's called. 40 Miles of Bad Road. Dwayne Eddy, who was a big fixture in the instrumental rock and roll uh, genre in the 50s. Dwayne Eddy and his twangy guitar was on the record label. Anyway, I like, I've always liked that song. Kind of pretty upbeat. Good to have you with us. This is the Around the House program, six minutes after the hour. I'm Ken Moon. We'll be here a couple hours talking about that special place that you and I call home. And we're so glad you want to share your weekend with us. Glad you got through the cold weather okay. Boy, it was really something the first of the week. Uh, minus 6 at 12 noon on Sunday. On Monday, rather. And uh, and snowing, which is an interesting combination. Anyway, I hope you you know you got through the frozen pipe thing and all that. You know, I've, I've talked to some friends who had some plumbing issues, but uh, they kind of go away when the moderate weather gets back here. I'm, Mother Nature's not done with us, I'm sure, for this winter. <clears throat> Probably got some more of that stuff coming. I don't know about my friends up there in Wyoming. I'm sure you had a similar bout of low temperature. My son at Sioux City, uh, Sunday the high was minus 10, and they got th- you got through that okay. You just hunker down and don't go anywhere when it's that, when it's that cold, but I would get through it. And uh, on we go towards spring. The days are getting longer. I noticed we picked up about, oh, I don't know, a half, almost a half hour of daylight from the lows, uh, from the, you know, the uh, early sunset in the middle of uh, December. So that's all good stuff. So spring coming down the road. In the meantime, it's good. It's a good place to live, regardless of the weather, isn't it? Here's an email from an old friend of mine. Uh, that uh, uh, named Ken, who uh, is no longer with us, but he used to send me some wonderful stuff. And I found this in the archives. I've got a whole stack of these little funny internet things that uh, that uh, I've saved over the years are kind of fun. This one I find interesting. It's not particularly funny, but it's intriguing. These are <clears throat> uh, these are words that you and I called homonyms. I think maybe they call them homophones now or something like that what they are are words that uh, are spelled the same but mean something different and pronounced differently you'll get the idea here <clears throat> i think i don't know who put this list together it's kind of a clever list think chinese chinese and japanese difficult to learn try english uh look at all the work that was done to put this together you think english is easy is the title of the email the bandage was wound around the wound. The farm was used to produce produce. The dump was so full that it had to refuse more refuse. Get where we're going here? Spelled the same, different meanings, different pronunciation. We must polish the Polish furniture. He could lead if he would get the lead out. Yeah, you see that one. Here's <clears throat> This is a triple. I like this one. The soldier decided to desert his dessert in the desert. Wow. Since there is no time like the present, he thought it was time to present the present. Uh, this is pretty cute. A bass was printed on the side of the bass drum. How about that? When shot at, the dove dove into the bushes. A few more of these. They were too close to the door to close it. This one is cute. This, a seamstress and a sewer fell down into a sewer line. Ooh. Uh, let's see here. Upon hearing, uh, upon seeing the tear in the painting, I shed a tear. 
How can I intimate this to my most intimate friend? There you go. More English being a crazy language. There's no eggplant, uh, no egg and eggplant, by the way, or ham and hamburger. Neither apple nor pine and pineapple. English muffins weren't invented in England or French fries in France. Sweet meats are called are candies, while sweetbreads, which aren't sweet, are meat. Yeah, meat, the portion we don't want to even talk about, sweetbreads. Anyway, quicksand can work slowly. Boxing rings are square, and a guinea pig is neither from Guinea nor is it a pig. Baseball diamond is a square, right? Remember the old thing? Uh, pi R, uh, let's see, pi R squared? No, pi R round, cake R squared. That was an old mathematical one. Um, if teachers taught, why didn't preachers prot? If a vegetarian eats vegetables, what does a humanitarian eat? Ooh, let's see here, a few more of these. How can a slim chance and a fat chance be the same while a wise man and a wise guy are opposites? Uh, let's see here, why doesn't, this is really a, a head scratcher. Why doesn't Buick rhyme with quick? Huh? Why isn't it Cuick? Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. There is a two-letter word that perhaps has more meanings than any other two-letter word, and that is up. It's easier to understand up, meaning toward the sky or the top of the list. But when we awaken in the morning, why do we wake up at a meeting? Why does a topic come up? And why do we speak up when we are the officers up for election and so on and so forth? You get the idea. So English is an odd, a lot of idioms, a lot of a slangy kind of things that only you know here if you were raised uh, here. Um, a couple more of these. Let's see here. If the plural of tooth is teeth, why isn't the plural of booth beef? One goose, two geese. So one moose, two meese? No, I don't think so. One index, two indices. Doesn't it seem crazy you can make amends, but not one amend? If you have a bunch of odds and ends and get rid of all but one of them, what do you call it? <laughs> an odd and an end, I guess. Anyway, thought you might enjoy that. English is a crazy language. It's so diverse. And so I think English has more uh, vocabulary words, I think, than any other language. Something close to... A million vocabulary words in English, something like that. Anyway, 719-473-1240. Thought we'd have a little fun with that. I got a couple of, uh, let's see, emails this week I wanted to share with you right at the top here. By the way, I've had people ask me about lubricating patio doors, windows, things that are kind of sticky closet doors, those kinds of things. And they have trouble with WD-40 because it sprays and gets on everything. Or you use oil, but you have to get it on a rag and on a paper towel, and it's messy and so on. <clears throat> Check out, I don't know if you have one of these in your workbench, but if you don't, you should. It's called simply a lube stick, L-U-B-E, lube stick. And it's kind of like, uh, there's several versions on Amazon and in hardware stores. It's kind of like a big chapstick. It's Think of a chapstick only bigger around, about twice as big around as a normal chapstick. And this lube stick is kind of a silicone-based waxy material. But the good thing about it is that you don't, you don't over-lubricate. You just get on the window track or the patio door track or whatever you're trying to lubricate just enough to do the job. There's one um, <clears throat> called um, Door Ease Lubricant Stick. 
I found on Amazon, weatherproof, water-resistant. It's really great. It's a good alternative to WD-40 if you want to lubricate closet doors, patio door, swing doors, windows, especially sticky windows. If you're in an old house, the windows tend to get sticky, um, you know, just with age. So a lube stick is a good thing to check out. You need one in your, and they're only six bucks or something, but it's a good way to lubricate almost anything because you don't get on too much of it. That's what I like about it. So uh, somebody had emailed me about lubrication, you know, trying to spray stuff. There's another one which I used the other night. I have a, a vertical blinds uh, on my patio door that, you know, you pull a chain, they slide back and forth. Uh, you pull the other chain and the, and the blinds rotate closed or open, that kind of thing. And there's a lubricant that I also like called Elmer's, you know, the Elmer's Blue people. It's a dry spray lubricant, kind of a powdery spray. And it's good for places <clears throat> that you can't really get to because the track of that vertical blind set is you can't just, it, it, there's just too many elements in it. You can't get to each pivot uh, separately. So I, I just sprayed the, I, I closed it and kept the slats open so they were perpendicular and and used this dry spray lubricant up in the track. I didn't put a lot of it in and the blinds operate so much better now. So you might want to check that out for places that are hard to get to, Elmer's dry spray lubricant. I'm not sure what's in it, probably some, uh, maybe some silicone or or uh, or Teflon, that kind of thing, but it's it's quite uh it's really great because it doesn't produce any residue doesn't stink it doesn't drip down your down your wrist and all that so a couple of ideas on lubrication let's see what else we have here oh ev electric vehicles continue to fall out of favor it got really cold in chicago and i've got a piece on how hard it was to maintain and drive and charge electric vehicles um and they're they're just more and more uh, media coverage of uh, EVs not uh, not being the, the crowd favorite anymore. We'll talk about that later on in the program. What else do I have? Oh, that's, oh, just a lot of things going on. Did you see, by the way, Chris, that Jose Muldoon's closed? Up well, on the, the one on the east side. On the east town. side, yeah. Which the one is, staying downtown is still in there. Downtown still. But I was struck by the fact, now that's out near me, and it was it's a nice building, really a good newer building about 15 years old or so and one of the parts of the article that kind of hit me between the eyes was minimum wage increases child care leave you have to provide for employees among other things the owner said uh, the reason they weren't making a lot of money and decided to close it down for those of you up in casper jose muldoon down in pueblo jose muldoon is a is kind of a uh I'd call it a little upscale Mexican restaurant. Very good food, good good high quality food, and it, it reminded me of a piece earlier in the week uh, at the first of January. Minimum wage in California went up to twenty bucks an hour. So they're fast food chains and owners and franchise franchisees that are thinking they're going to cut hours, close locations. So the unintended consequences of politicians trying to look good. Let's raise the minimum wage. It'll, it would. It, it just uh, look at me. How much I care. Well, people tend to lose jobs when that happens. And um, I read. I think we talked about this, Chris, somewhere in Texas, Dallas area. 
is the first totally automated McDonald's restaurant. You don't see anybody. You order at the kiosk. The food comes out of a door or a hopper or chute or something. And um, so jobs are going to go away if we keep raising minimum wage. And how else are kids going to enter the job market, right? So It's also frustrating when you got uh, when all the produce and all the um, food and stuff like that, the costs of those go up like crazy, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. The grocery store is really kind of depressing. Um, there, the, do you do you order you you go through the grocery store? You don't order it delivered, do you at home? No. I see more and more though of the folks employees rolling those carts down the aisles, filling up the carts for either pickup or delivery. So people just aren't going to the grocery store like they used to. I guess I I kind of like it. You want to squeeze your own melons? So that didn't sound that sounded a little gross, didn't it? But anyway, you know what I'm saying. I wouldn't. I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't. Want to rely on some young uh, whippersnapper to pick out my bananas? I'm sorry, so but that's 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 the world we're coming coming into, isn't it? Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. Time for a break. Be back right after this on Around the House. Stick around. I don't have to tell you how much the furnace runs when it gets really cold like it was the past week or so. And if your furnace ran more than you wanted to, it's probably because you have old energy inefficient windows, old uh, steel, wood, or aluminum windows from days gone by. You want new vinyl windows of energy efficient windows from Dutch's Home Improvement. Your home improvement headquarters for window siding, doors, patio covers. New windows will save you money not only in the winter, but in the summer too when you cool. So... Check them out at Dutch's, Dutch'sHomeImprovement.com or 719-392-1369. Not only will new windows save you energy, it'll make your house look younger than it actually is and give it a little bit of a facelift. You might combine that with some new vinyl siding from Dutch's. Check them out. Give them a call. They've been around over 30 years. You can trust Dutch's Home Improvement for new vinyl windows, energy-efficient windows, 719-392-1369. From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 24 minutes after the hour, and we have Ashley on line one. You're on the air with Ken Moon around the house. Hi, what's going on, Ashley? Hi, Ken. I was um, calling to um, give a little bit of information about the ordering for pickup from the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm a person that um, does do the order for pickup at the grocery store, mainly King Supers, because King Supers and Safeway have an app now where you can clip your uh, coupons, and they're only valid if you do the pickup or the drop-off. Ah. If you, yeah, and then um, King Supers, of course, they always give the gas points which yeah. are usable at Shell, which is one of the best gas stations. But if you um, order online or for pickup, then you get four times the points on Friday. Oh, my. Well, I, you know what? That sounds like a good deal. I I do four times points at Christmas time when I buy gift cards for all the grandkids. But you're saying every Friday, huh? Yep, every Friday if you do the order online or pickup for delivery, um, then you get four times the points on your shopping, and then the coupons 
of course, are only um, electronic, so you have to do the pickup or the delivery in order to get the deal. Yeah. Which actually has saved me about $150 per grocery trip. Let me ask um, you this. So Does King, you so you come in and they load it in your trunk for you, right? Just come, kind of park there and, and they load yep. you up? Yep. Now, what what do they charge you for that? Is there a surcharge or a fee or something? No charge. Well, I'll be darn. Well, I'm sure if they deliver it to your house, there's a charge. I can't imagine there wouldn't be. But if you come pick it up, no charge. Well, and I got to ask you a couple more questions. Do they pick out, you know, like I was talking about bananas or or apples and stuff? Do they pick out pretty good fruit for you, or, or not as good as you'd pick yourself? Um, they do pick out the pretty good fruit. I haven't gotten any bad fruit yet. Um, also, they do the good vegetables. They're the freshest ones. Yeah. Um, even if you do, like, meat at the counter, you know, you buy the meat from the counter. Even if you do that, it's it's the fresher meat. So I think their selections are pretty good. You know, I can tell, Ashley, you're a lot more organized than I am because <laughs> one of the things that, that I use – in the grocery stores going up and down the aisles to remind myself of what i need but you obviously are way more organized than that you kind of know what you need and and uh and order accordingly right yeah i i have a lot of kids so it's important to make a list and kind of know what you're spending and yeah any dollar that you can definitely save is worth it do you know and i can see that especially if you have a lot of kids at home i can see you probably save money because you don't do any impulse buying, right? Like you would if you're pushing a cart around the store. Am I right? That's the truth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for the feedback on that. I see so many of these, and it's good employment, I guess, for entry level folks. Uh, maybe they're, you know, I don't know if they're on minimum wage, you're probably on fairly low wages, but I see a lot of them cruising around the store with those big carts that they use to fill up. And one one cool thing about it is when I'm lost looking for something, they always know, know where stuff is, you know? Yep. I mean, the grocery clerk had um, King Supers. I just seen a now hiring sign when I was um, there yesterday picking up a few things, and um, they're hiring at sixteen fifty an hour. Wow! So, wow! I mean, if you're if you're in high school, that's a pretty good wage. Absolutely. Well, you've given me great feedback, Ashley. I I appreciate it. You sound like a very smart shopper, and I can see your your. It sounds like you're saving, saving a bunch of money. That's really cool. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, Ken. You guys have a great day. You too. Thanks for your call, Ashley. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. That's good feedback, huh, Chris? Do you go to the store and run around with a cart like I do? Do you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. She's right, though. I find myself, I'll tell you where it's the worst is Costco. I go in Costco and I'm saying, all I need is batteries, right? And I can't escape for less than 120 bucks or something because it's all impulse. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you want to go in and get one or two, three, uh, one or two items. And then all of a sudden, it's one or two carts full. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 120 is nothing. I, you know, it, it, because uh, they do put the real bargains, you know, kind of right up on the aisles where you see them and stuff. So, yeah, uh, Ashley's saving a lot of money by not having to uh, look, check out the impulse uh, stuff. Yeah. So, 
Very good. Actually, that's great uh, feedback. I, and I do see a lot of folks, you know, there's at special parking places for pickup. And um, sounds very convenient. You save a lot of your day, do other things, right? Well, I mean, of course, that's the same with DoorDash and Uber. I mean, you know, DoorDash for uh, meals and stuff like that. So, Tell me, if, do you do that some, Chris? No. I don't either. I'm, I just wonder how it works if you, like, Uber will pick up food from, like, Olive Garden well, that's for you? More the, that's more the taxi, but I mean, the DoorDash is the oh, one. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, DoorDash is a food pickup and delivery. Right. So if they go to, like, the Olive Garden and grab your food, is there a surcharge, or uh, how does that work? Do you know? I, I, I don't know. Or do you tip the guy? Or yeah, tip, that's that could be in the mix there too. Tip I mean, built in, yeah. I don't right. know, huh? Interesting, because I see, you know, more and more uh, this cute little Chinese restaurant on the north east side. I go to a lot, and she said about sixty percent of her businesses is takeout, and I do see a lot of delivery type people. They're not regular customers. You can tell they're walking real fast and and come in there, grab bags, and take them out to folks. So. It's becoming more and more of a thing, I guess. All these apartments we're building downtown, I think the lifestyle of living in those apartments are, you know, we have our food delivered, right? Well, that oh, that was probably as a result of COVID when everybody was in lockdown and everything like yeah. that. You had, that's where the business really started to pick up. Yeah. Different life. Uh, I like cruising only because, as I told Ashley, I don't I don't know what I need until I see it. Oh, I need that. So anyway, 719-473-1240 is our phone number. We'll take a quick break here. Be back and love to talk to you today. We have live email, by the way, at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be right back. You know, the biggest element of the street scene, we realtors call it, of your house is your garage door. It's usually 16 by 7. It's it's the thing everybody sees when you drive up to your house. Garage doors don't have to look boring anymore. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service has them on sale now. They have some wonderful, beautiful garage doors that you'll just get such a... Uh, it, it'll be so inspirational to you. The wood grain texture and the, the contemporary traditional arrangement of the windows and all that. Stop by the showroom 1847 south murray and see how pretty garage doors can be it'll really spiff up your house wayne dalton sales and service 150 off a double or 75 off a single door for a limited time if you mentioned around the house garage doors not boring anymore wayne dalton sales and service they're also a genie opener dealer you can check genie openers out while you're down there 1847 south murray or call wayne dalton sales and service 719-382-9227 from your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Canoon has solutions around the house. Give them a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 24 minutes before the hour on the Around the House uh, program. I've got a piece during the second hour, but Chris was just uh, texting me uh, about the cold weather as it relates to electric Cars, uh, a one-hour, one- or two-hour charging time turns into six or seven when it's cold. Brutally cold. Oh, how would you like to talk about a chunk of your day, right? Uh, Four minutes to fill my car up with gasoline or seven hours to charge it. Hmm. Let me think about that and come back next week, right? Especially when it's 15 below. I know. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well... I've got a piece on that, a more extensive Chicago area specifically. It was really cold there. You know, I, I, 
we were, I don't know, maybe last year, the year before, I've been talking about EVs for a while. You can picture rush hour traffic, snowstorm, skidded uh, fender benders, the over, you're on a viaduct overpass, and your battery and your EV's low. What do you do? And the more that they're on the road, the more we'll run out of, of juice and... It's just going to be a headache. You would, you know, particularly because you got to use the heater in the winter time. Oh my gosh! Well, anyway, I think it seems, Chris, it feels to me like the surge is over. People that were going to buy an electric car have already bought them. Uh, most electric car owners uh, use them for a city uh, commuting around the city, but not going anywhere. Second or third car, that kind of thing. And it feels to me like the people that want them already have them. And uh, otherwise, why would Hertz be selling, fire sailing 20,000 EVs because nobody wants to rent them? Oh, well. Anyway, uh, 719-473-1240. I got an email here from, let's see, this from Debbie. On a recent show, you mentioned a new patch that's great for fixing small areas of drywall. Could you please tell me the name and where to find it? I'm not sure how new this is, but we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago. It's a patching system for drywall holes, you know, when you like, a, if you don't have a doorstop and somebody, you know, shoves open the bedroom door and the doorknob goes through the wall and you got a round hole in the drywall. We were talking about that, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago, I guess. And there's a patching system now that has a small, uh, and you can get various sizes in, in the kits that come with these aluminum mesh that you use to, you put it over the hole and then you float drywall mud and of course the mesh acts like uh, like plaster lath used to act or stucco lath it grabs on to the to the uh the goopy drywall patching compound and makes a nice a nice finish over that hole um it's easy to do yourself the kits are available if you just go on amazon debbie and uh look there uh for drywall patching kits you'll see many versions of them they're really uh, quite easy to do yourself we used to before these little aluminum screen doohickeys was my that's a word my dad used doohickey gizmo before they were invented there were we'd have to kind of wing it when uh, i remember uh, talking on on the show years ago <clears throat> if you have a hole in the drywall there's usually a uh, a drywalled wall behind it so you have a, a wall cavity there it's about three inches uh, thick you know kind of a void and we used to talk about stuffing newspaper in there <clears throat> it does you know it's in a wall cavity so it's not going to be flammable you shove a bunch of enough newspaper in there to bring it close to the surface which makes a backstop for the mud that you put on with a trowel and then when the mud hardens of course it doesn't matter anymore newspapers back there well that's kind of a uh, half-baked solution uh uh, I was going to say half something else, but you know what I mean. Uh, so uh, now these little mesh kits really are the way to go. So check those out. They're available about anywhere, hardware stores, or I go to Amazon, you know, a lot. And uh, we've talked about that before. So, Debbie, that's kind of the answer there. Let's see. This is from Kirk. <clears throat> I have a small bathroom remodeling. It had wallpaper, which I've removed along with the underlying paper, which I wet and scraped off. I'm left with flat walls that I would like to texture and paint. Before I texture, do I need to wash the walls with a TSP solution? TSP is a trisodium 
phosphate that's kind of a strong detergent-like material? Or can I just apply texture to the stripped walls? Well, the main thing is, Kirk, I want to know that you really got everything off of there. All of the residual glue, which is sometimes wants to cling and makes it a little bumpy. So you wash that with some wallpaper enzyme remover and a wet sponge. If, if everything's totally gone, just let it dry and then apply our old friend Kills, K-I-L-Z or Bullseye 1, 2, 3, which are primer sealers. And they they can seal any surface, and that it makes a good base for anything else you want to do, like painting or, in your case, texturing. So I put a couple of coats of kills on there over that old wallpapered wall, and and then you're all set to do whatever you want. Now texturing is easier said than done. You got to be. Uh, it's I always say it's more of an art than a science to get texturing so it looks good, doesn't look homemade, so to speak. And if it's a bathroom, it's probably too small a room to hire somebody to come spray it on for you, a professional company. So um, you, you might, they sell texture in cans, aerosol cans that have drywall mud in them that you atomize in the can and it kind of sprays splatters on texture on the wall. You can buy some of those, and you'll have to practice. Here's the deal. You don't want to try it in your bathroom first. You want to practice on an old piece of cardboard or uh, sheetrock or any surface around. Cardboard's best because you've got a lot of it or usually around the house. And spray, That you'll, you'll have to figure out how fast to sweep your uh, hand back and forth, how far away from the surface you have to spray the material to get it to look the way you want to. Uh, you'll have to experiment knockdown texture is one that's fairly uh common and you splatter texture on the wall and wipe it with a wide blade wide blade spatula which knocks it down but you still have that splattery plaster kind of look so you'll have to practice before you spray on your texture but i think the kills or bullseye one two three are good uh undercoats to do as i say about anything including texturing so good luck with that i would have recommended and i've done this so many times on the air before that once a wall's wallpapered it's good to keep it wallpapered uh, take off all the old gunky looking uh, old-fashioned stuff and put just a muted texture on there but if you want a texture go for it if it's a small area the thing about texturing yourself is if you're doing it out in a family room or a hallway or some big part of the house you usually you need to hire somebody and the reason is that those big areas catch reflected light from the windows and you can see all the imperfections now but in a bathroom for a small square footage that you're going to be texturing you'll probably be okay but again check uh check out uh the various texture um systems you can um uh, you can find as i say aerosol versions of drywall texture you can also buy a little texture gun uh, which you can plug in and and it'll splatter texture on the wall. So there's a lot of lot of ways to tackle this. But the point is, if you're going to texture a wall, you must practice on some innocuous surface like a cardboard box to make sure you get the technique just right. Or you hire somebody because they do it all day long and they do it for a living. Let's see, quarter till the hour. Time for a break. 719-473-1240 right here on Around the House. And we'll be right back.
You know, I get more plumbing calls and emails than anything other topic on the program. I found a company you need to call, especially if you're reluctant to call a plumber because you're afraid to get, you know, the sticker shock when you hit the bill. Not with Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. They're a veteran-owned local company, great reputation from a new water heater to a simple dripping faucet or maybe a frozen pipe. These are the guys to call first. They'll give you a free estimate with no hidden fees, upfront, honest upfront pricing so there's no sticker shock when you get the bill from Three Amigos. They want you as a long-term customer so you'll refer them to your friends and family. Three Amigos, best prices on town on Bradford White and Ream water heaters. And one of their specialties is drain cleaning. They'll give you a free TV camera look at your sewer line if you hire them to clean it so if you have an older home get them to take a look and see how that old sewer line's doing three amigos plumbing give them a call 719-597-6763 need help with your next home project back to around the house with ken moon give them a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240 welcome back to the show it's 11 minutes before uh, the hour I'm looking up here. Yeah, um, here's an email from Randy. Uh, I remember during the uh, summer you recommended turning the furnace fan on to mix up the cool air in the basement. What about in the winter time? Is that a good idea? That is, it is a pretty good idea, Randy. Absolutely, it can work in the reverse to your benefit uh, because um, uh, you know you have that cold uh, that cold air in the summer downstairs and in the winter. Um, the uh, you know you, you can suck that cold air out of the basement because it settles down there. The same applies in the in the winter time. You're trying to heat the whole house, and the heat in the basement tends to want to go up the stairs because it's lighter than air, so it gets cooler in the basement, which in the winter you don't want. So yeah, it is a good idea to uh, to turn on that furnace fan when you get home, especially if you're in a house like I am. You have a ranch style home. Uh, that has an open stairwell i mean uh, in some houses ranch style homes you can close the basement door and the heat stays down there but of an open style where you have an open stairwell and railing and so on that warm air in the basement wants to migrate upstairs because it's lighter and accumulate so the upstairs is warmer and the downstairs is cooler just like in the summer but uh, we want to mix those air masses in reverse so we want the warmer air mass it's upstairs to be mixed into the cooler downstairs, especially if you if you use your downstairs like a den or a family room uh, down there uh, in in the evenings. You want that to be warmer, not colder. And usually, the problem with basement spaces is the heat comes out of the ceiling. The heat vents are usually in the ceiling, so the uh, the heat doesn't migrate down to the floor level where you hang out to watch TV and so on. So. It's a good idea. Turn that furnace fan on all evening long if, if uh, you know, while you're down there. And it'll moderate the temperature uh, on both levels. In other words, the upstairs will become a little cooler. Downstairs, a little warmer. And that's kind of what you want. Uh, it's it's kind of the, the same idea as you use in the summer, but for <laughs> for different reasons in the wintertime. But no, that is a good, eye, good idea. Thank you for calling that uh, to our attention. So uh, most of you... Uh, have a little setting on your thermostat, a fan switch that says auto or on. When you put it, put it to on, it runs uh, continually and and, uh, and and continuously, rather. And 
you can you know i know it costs a little bit of uh, electricity on your power bill but if it makes it more comfortable so you can hang out in that basement in the evenings uh, it's it's worth it you can also use fireplace heat and we'll talk about fireplaces in a minute uh, fireplaces tend to concentrate heat in one room uh, same idea if you turn on the furnace fan it'll suck some of that heat out of the family room and distribute it throughout the house just kind of even the temperatures throughout the the house the furnace fan is an ally uh, humidification is another reason to turn the furnace fan on because uh, your humidifier doesn't work unless the blower is running so another good idea to turn the furnace fan to the always on uh, position yeah thank you for randy for that reminder that was good trisha says i zapped the electronic controls in my range with static on my fingers how can I deal with this? Any idea? Well, if you're worried about static and it's a constant thing, you want to ground yourself first. And uh, there's in the kitchen, there's lots of places to ground yourself. The most reliable one is that little center screw on your kitchen outlets that's always grounded. Kitchen sink, eh, maybe so, maybe not, uh, because sometimes the kitchen sink has plumbing with plastic fittings so the kitchen sink itself might not be totally uh totally grounded uh the microwave if you can find a metal part to the frame of the microwave that's always grounded right refrigerator is always grounded so it's it's helpful to uh, get static out of your body but you know you don't want to zap yourself to the point where it hurts your finger but <laughs> i get the idea but you want might want to take a look at the correlation between what you wear on your feet and floor coverings um maybe you know you're a certain set of slippers or maybe your stocking feet or you know on a certain hardwood floor see if there's a correlation between your footwear and the floor covering to pick up static at your house also raising the humidity we just talked about humidifiers raising the humidity uh in your house uh is a good idea with a humidifier uh if you you know if you don't have a humidifier at all chances are the humidity relative humidity in your house might be down in the teens when with a humidifier you can get it up in the 30s sometimes it's close to 40 percent and that'll get rid of a lot of the static electricity nonsense at your house it's also good for your respiratory system it's good for the hardwood floors and the and the woodwork in your house to have a little higher humidity so that's another uh, thing to take a look at but Check out, is, is it, do you only zap yourself on your stove when you're wearing certain things on your feet? That might be a, a, some kind of a correlation there. Uh, so you might want to check that out. We just talked about fireplaces. You know, using your fireplace in the winter is something that you need to do, of course, of course safely. Uh, we use our fireplaces a lot this time of year. And fireplaces, if you burn real wood in your fireplace, a wood burning like an older masonry fireplace, it consumes gobs of air out of the house to, to draft that those the, the fumes, the smoke uh, from the uh, wood fire pulls a lot of fresh air into the firebox to draft that stuff up and out of the chimneys. That's why a wood-burning fireplace is a little wasteful. I know it provides a snap, crackle, and pop and smells nice, but you don't get a lot of heat out of a wood-burning fireplace. But if you do have one, you need to kind of be concerned about fresh air. There's an old 
uh, a, a caution by in an older home if you have a wood-burning fireplace it's good to have a, a crack a window when you use it especially if the fire uh, is not vigorous it means it's probably starved for air in most modern homes there's some kind of a fresh air supply for the furnace and you get air that way and so it's just important to have enough combustion air to burn the wood and make up air to to dilute and draft that air out through the chimney and thankfully we all have carbon monoxide detectors now so one of the ways that you actually you don't want to wait for this to happen but uh the tripwire here if you will the canary in the coal mine use a terrible uh terrible metaphor is if you have a carbon monoxide detector and if it starts going off when you're using the fireplace it's because you're exhausting air in the house so you want to make sure that all of your appliances including your fireplace have enough combustion air now if you've got a gas fireplace at your house with a glass front on it those are self-contained and they always have an outside air supply air vents on the there's somewhere on the outside of the house to suck air in to burn those gas flames because they also need oxygen to burn just like a wood fireplace does so if you use your wood fireplace a lot you use your wood stove a lot you make sure there's enough fresh air that can come in the house you can always check with your heating contractor they're a good source of information about combustion air and makeup combustion air and makeup air are two terms that we use uh, in the uh, HVAC business, combustion air is the amount of air you need to provide oxygen to burn the gas or the or the wood or anything else that's combustible. That's combustion air. Makeup air is, as I was just talking about, is the air that gets exhausted through a fireplace, through a kitchen fan, bathroom fan, your clothes dryer. They all exhaust air out of the house, <clears throat> so we need makeup air to replace that to make sure there's enough fresh air in the house we don't get carbon monoxide so thankfully we've all got carbon monoxide detectors now and uh, i hope you do by the way they should there should be on every level of the house where there's a bedroom make sure you have fresh batteries in your carbon monoxide detector because that's the ultimate protection when you burn your fireplace but make sure there's enough fresh air in the house to satisfy the old fireplace 719-473-1240 we'll be back with hour number two and some Really interesting stories about cold weather and electric cars. Right after the news, right here on Around the House. after the hour welcome back hour number two of around uh, of around the house <clears throat> didn't i thought my mic was hot i <laughs> i said i'm gonna spit it out this time and chris i said is my mic hot and chris said no not yet I, I had a cough drop in my in my mouth i got got rid of that so i could talk like a regular regular poison here anyway good to have you with us here six minutes after the hour on the around the house program glad you're with us glad you got through the I hope you made it through the cold weather okay. It was really pretty rough there for a few days, and um, it's um, it's good to have it more moderate. This is kind of what this is what we consider normal weather right in the Rocky Mountains here. 
1240. We were talking about electric cars before. Here's, I think this, this is from redstate.com, I think, but I'm not, I, I, I didn't, I don't have the citation here. It's by an author named Lucas Nolan, whoever he is. Cold weather kills a Tesla and every other EV on the market is a headline. And Chris and I were talking about this. You sent me this, maybe the same piece that you sent me uh, about te- Tesla owners. Significant issues uh, when uh, sub-zero frigid temperatures came to the Chicago area. Uh, it's an Achilles heel for EVs, according to this um, to this article. Uh, and uh, there's also another piece here about Chicago. Chicago's in the news this week. <clears throat> they want to get rid of natural gas in all new construction. Hello. Okay, so uh, we'll talk about those two uh, issues coming up in this hour, uh, and, and you know the the electric. There's so many reasons not to buy an electric car, but uh, if you have one that you could give me, that why you do own one, I'd love it. Love to talk to you. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty is our uh, contact line. I want to talk to you about the podcast too. Make sure you, uh, if you can't listen to the show live, you can always get the podcast. We have podcasts going back. Uh, going on you know, 18, 20 months, something like that. You can get segment by segment. So if you have missed it, if you sent me an email, I may have read your email and you weren't listening to the program, you can always go back to the podcast. And the easiest way to do that is at my website, aroundthehouse.com. Click on listen to podcasts. It'll take you to the krdo.com slash radio site. We have a uh, Jeff on line one. Okay, let's get Jeff on the air right now. You're on the air with Ken Moon around the house. Hey, Jeff, what's going on? Hi, Ken. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Um, I had a question. Um, in this uh, extreme cold, I had a uh, line, uh, uh, cold water line uh, rupture above the drywall in a um, – it, it, it was a wine room that they had added – um, in the previous owner had added, and there's really no supplemental heat in that wine room. Um, yeah. There's a radiant floor right next to it, but in that wine room, it's kind of isolated. It shares a wall with the outside, and it shares a wall with the garage. And um, you know, the, the other the other thing that um, um, th- that I noticed once once I you know cut the cut the drywall open yeah. was there's a very large I-beam supporting the second floor. And when I stuck my head above there, it almost feels like there is a cold air draft, um, you know, uh, you know, in that space. Yeah. And I, you know, I looked around, there's no, uh, there's insulation between the, um, between that space and the, wall going to the garage but when i put my hand on you know that uh, on that i beam that i beam you know sits in the house but it also goes through the wall um and uh sits on a support structure in the garage and i think what is happening is part of the issue is there's no supplemental heat in yeah. that space but the other thing that i think is happening is the cold is conducting from the garage through that I beam into that space. And so 
I wanted to pick your brain a little bit. Yeah. Um, my, you know, my initial thought was to do two things, try to, you know, insulate around that I beam so that I'm not, you know, conducting, you know, heat <clears throat> or conducting cold, you know, into that space. But I also wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the best way to possibly add a little bit of supplemental heat, given that, you know, that wine room space, it has a slightly lower arched, you know, drywall uh, feature to it. So the heat isn't making it into that dry, into yeah, that uh, yeah. wine room space. What typically, yeah. since you're a wine uh, connoisseur, uh, are we in the 60s in that room typically? what What's the average temperature in there? Um, I, I, I'm... I'm trying to keep the house like right around 67, 68, but there's uh-huh. a, you know, a five to 10 degree, um, Delta between, you know, the condition space and that wine room. And when I open that drywall, um, you know, uh, in the ceiling to, you know, fix this problem right between the, um, between the, uh, the, the, the space in the wine room and above there there's a 15 degree difference between the floor and into the ceiling where those um um uh where those uh water lines are at you know and, but the thing um, re- i'm trying to get the, a feel for this because in order for now did this pipe actually burst did it Exactly, a it copper did. pipe burst on me. Exactly. Yeah, because for a pipe to burst, it's got to get down in the upper twenties. Uh, uh, you know, a pipe typically, uh, scientifically, uh, the maximum expansion of water when it freezes is about twenty-seven Fahrenheit. So I'm concerned that that space up there got down into the low thirties or high twenties. To freeze that pipe—that's that's pretty cold for being inside exactly. a, a structure like that. And um, I'm exactly. wondering, uh, first of all, you're absolutely right because usually steel beams will touch the on, on each end of the steel beam will touch a foundation. The foundation, of course, is very cold. The concrete's cold, and you're right, steel conducts heat uh, big time. Um, it, it's it's that's that's very cold. Is there a, any kind of a Oh, an exterior vent in that area, like a crawl space kind of vent uh, for ventilation. Anything on the outside where air could be getting into that space? You know, I, I looked around. My, my first thought was that they must not have insulated very well between the garage and the wine room that, yeah. you know, above the drywall. Yeah. But th- they've got good insulation in there and they, they packed some insulation you know, uh, against the I-beam, they also insulated on top of that drywall. So they were insulating the, um, you know, that unconditioned space against heat rising. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, and, and so what I'm thinking of doing is, you know, trying to insulate around that I-beam out in the garage or make that more of a conditioned space. But yeah, also I think try to add. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say one, one, one. When you first started describing the problem, one of the things that occurred to me because people get uh, uh, these kinds of stories where there's an outsized hose spigot, you know, it sticks out of the house, 
and right. it conducts heat, you know, big time in the a copper pipe, and uh, and those, those those pipes will freeze in weather like we've just had. And one of the answers is to cut a hole intentionally, cut a hole in the drywall, and put a grill over it to let a little warm room air up in there. And I think I would probably encourage you to do that here. I would want you to insulate uh, that cold water pipe on the outside of it, but leave the uh-huh. the the underside of it open to uh, a hole in that drywall ceiling of the wine room with a grill on it. You see what I'm saying? And that'll exactly even though it's cool in the wine room, it's in the 60s. You were uh, you know uh, low yeah. 60s perhaps. And enough of that warm room air will wander up in that space to protect that pipe. Does that sound like something you can do? Yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking of doing, they did this in another um, uh, a space in, in the house, was possibly add a blower, um, you know, to like vent air, you know, up into that conditioned space. Because in the, in kind of the south, uh, what would it be like the southwest corner, they had a um, pipe burst. The previous owner did yeah. had a pipe burst in that corner. And, um, you know, I was thinking about adding airflow and possibly a little bit of maybe uh, heat in that in that wine room because it doesn't have um, the um, you know the floor heat system installed right, in there. Right. I, I I simply think the vent will do enough because you'll get okay. you get convection. The cold air that it's in that space you were talking about will tend to want to fall through that grill into the room because okay. it's dense. That makes sense. And it would be replaced yeah. with warmer air that wants to get up to replace it. You see what I'm saying? There'll be a little bit of a convection exactly. loop around there. Yeah. I think that might be enough. I think that okay. might be enough. Yeah. And of course we just had extraordinarily low temperatures which are not that they'll never yeah. happen again, but it was really extraordinarily low. So but I I would like you to insulate on the outsides of that pipe where it touches the beam and where it's exposed to the inside uh the the, the hidden space there and leave the bottom okay. open and that grill. I think that's all you need to do. I think it'll just keep it'll just provide enough uh, convection uh, that it'll, it'll keep it from freezing again. I really now on the other yeah. you say the other owner on the southwest side was that a hose faucet that froze up? Do you do you know what it was? Um, no, that was that was a water line to the master bath okay. in that in that corner. Yeah, and and they had kind of a similar situation where it was drywalled without um uh with without a vent allowing uh you know warm air up into yeah. that crawl yeah. space. And well, that 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 grill uh, you, know, you can get a, a grill to match you know white uh, like a return air grill yeah. kind of idea which will kind of blend in. That seems to be all we really need to do in these because okay. that cold air that wants to c- accumulate in that cavity that froze the pipe up, it'll fall down through that grill because it's so dense. So, yeah, I, th- I think you'll okay. be fine with doing that. Yeah, you got a hole there anyway right now, right? Exactly. <laughs> you might yeah. instead of calling a drywaller, just uh, go to Lowe's and buy yourself a grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I had to had to open up the drywall to to fix the fix the copper line. So uh, I, I know I, I can see now what's going on in there. So yeah, no, and it's it's as far as feeling a breeze that doesn't necessarily have to be outside air. It can be different pressures in different parts of the house different temperatures again temperature differences will make air flow because of that convection so you may be feeling 
it might still be inside air that's just extra yeah. cool because there's no heat source up there. And that steel beam sounds like it's yeah. the it's a it's a it's a culprit too because it's so cold exactly. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, when I had my head right next to that steel beam, um, I mean, you could feel you know airflow. It, it, it felt like a you know a small breeze, and I think it's conducting a lot of cold into that space. Yeah, I think you're feeling the difference in temperature, which sets up yeah. a little convection thing. So, yeah, I would just yeah. try the grill. I think that'll that'll that's all you really need to do. Okay, thanks so much. You got it, Jeff. Uh, it's a good call. Very timely call, right, Chris, for what's been going on in our part of the world. 719-473-1240. We take, uh, we'll take a quick break now. We uh, would love to have... Uh, uh, hear your call if you want to check in. Got some cold weather issues? Give us a call right here on Around the House. You know, when you have to call a plumber, you kind of roll your eyes like, oh, man, wonder what, what, wait till I get the bill, right? Well, I got a plumbing company you need to call. No sticker shock here. No surprises when you get the bill at Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a professional plumbing company. I've met these guys. They're a terrific veteran-owned local company uh, with no hanky-panky when you get the bill, no hidden fees, because they want you to refer them to your friends and family. Three Amigos, best prices in town on Ream and Bradford White water heaters, whether it's a leaky pipe, frozen pipe, or a new water heater, or a new bathroom, call Three Amigos Plumbing, 719-597-6763. If you're in an older home, get the sewer line checked out. They'll do that for free. If you have them clean the line, you want to know what's going on, get your, cell, get your house checked out. Get that fiber optic TV camera in your sewer line. Three Amigos Plumbing. You can't beat these guys. Give them a call, 719-597-6763. Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 24 minutes after the hour on the Around the House program. A shout out to all of our friends up there in Casper listening on KTWO. We're glad you're with us on the program. I know they time shift up there, so the show is on at 4 p.m. when it's live at 1 p.m., so if you want to call in 1 o'clock Mountain Time uh, here on the program. So uh, we appreciate Casper carrying the Around the House program. Here's a headline. Chris and I were talking about this uh, before. Cold weather kills the Tesla and every other EV on the market in Chicago. It's kind of kind of a dateline Chicago uh, Tesla owners in Chicago recently faced a significant issue when their vehicles were left dead, completely un- unable to charge in the frigid sub-zero temperatures, highlighting the fact that it's an Achilles heel for EVs. CBS News reports that electric vehicles, including popular models like the Tesla lineup of EVs, are experiencing massive performance drops in this year's cold weather. This issue was recently highlighted as Tesla owners in Chicago found their vehicles taking a lot longer to charge, uh, and some Tesla charging stations weren't functioning properly, uh, correctly anyway, but taking longer to charge if they could be charged at all. Chris was talking earlier in the program, a one-hour, one- to two-hour typical charging cycle was taking six or seven hours. Is that what you read? Oh, yeah. Yeah, something yes. like that. Yeah, there, I mean, there were situations where there were long lines uh, about a mile long, waiting for a lot of people to try and get to these oh. charging machines. But when you're there for three or four or five times longer than normal, 
it's going to be one of those days. Yeah, yeah. Because Chicago, it stays cold in the winter, as you know. These incidents have raised questions, according to this article in Red State, uh, uh, about the reliability of EVs, EVs in extreme weather conditions, especially considering their, grow- considering their growing popularity, fueled by incentives like a $7,500 tax credit. Yeah, that's that's a good reason to buy one. The reasons for these ongoing cold weather problems stem from the battery systems at the heart of every EV. And here we go. This is the money paragraph here. The core problem lies in the fact that EVs are inherently less efficient in cold weather. Research has shown that EVs can lose up to 30% efficiency on average, impacting their range, driving range, significantly. For instance, an EV with a range of 200 miles might only achieve 150 in cold conditions. And it also probably depends how much you run your heater That's and all the other accessories. Uh, the, Scott Case, the co-founder and CEO of battery research firm Recurrent, notes that EVs definitely lose some of their driving range in extreme cold efficiency drop is attributed to the chemical and physical reactions inside an EV's uh, battery which require more time in the cold when you're charging them another issue and I didn't I wasn't aware of this Chris we were talking about this the heating systems used in EVs most rely on supplemental heaters often resistive heaters which are less efficient and extremely low temperatures New e- newer EV models may include heat pumps which are uh, more effective, but not very in cold weather. EVs can also take longer to charge because EVs are designed to charge slower as the temperature drops. This is a protective measure to preserve battery health, but it reduces the range. I've also read that uh, there are some battery heaters that are required. You can't charge an EV without having it the lithium battery, uh, some supplemental heat, and then it'll accept a, a charge. So I, it, it's just a mess, and it, it just, you know, like... That article said the Achilles heel. So on one more reason, that maybe double, you know, double check on whether you really want an EV or not. I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this, and we were discussing uh, discussing the uh, seventy five hundred dollar tax credit. You know, if you want, here's what we decided. Of course, we had had a beer uh, or maybe two. So anyway, but what we decided was this: if you want an EV. Bless your heart, go out and buy one, but don't ask me to help you pay for it. And that's what's going on now with this $7,500 tax credit, which to me is outrageous. Uh, same with solar panels. Uh, rate pay, electric, Normal electric rate payers without solar panels are paying folks to put solar panels on their house, which is it's just not a – and is it really fair for you to ask your neighbors to pay for your energy-saving systems at your house good question uh so let's get steve on the air steve on line one you're on the air hi this this ken moon around the house hi good afternoon commander ken. oh this is our this is high host steve arino guy how are you yes sir <laughs> good how, how about you how, how you doing i'm fine thank you what's going on well as a follow-up on your commentary on evs you probably saw hertz is dumping yep. all twenty thousand other evs yep and they're fire selling them, Steve. So overall, EV used car prices are tumbling. That's interesting. They are. Um, that's their. That's their entire fleet, not just Teslas. But same issues, range anxiety, yep. charging issues. And on your issue in Chicago, it was taking so long to charge them. A lot of people just abandoned those vehicles. I know. And that's, what, that's what I heard. 
Uh, no, there's just a lot of reasons to rethink that. Steve, I got to ask you. Steve is a friend of mine. He's a, he's a, a, a long time pilot, high high time as we say, pilot. What do you think of this um, uh, this uh, Alaskan Airlines thing? Was that just a a once in a lifetime, just sort of uh, never never happen again kind of thing? What do you think about that door falling off? Personal opinion, I think it's either a combination of under engineering or bad production insulation or all three yeah okay because there's no reason for a plug door to do that they have these like big bank vaults pins that hold those things in the sidewall and they are kept in place by bolts under tension to make sure they don't move well, so but, whatever happened is either under engineered or a production insulation problem but uh in my talking about oh, are you gone i think i lost steve well, uh, call back, Steve. I'd like to get the, your final thoughts on that. We'll take a break. Uh, meantime, uh, maybe you can check in back with us. And um, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with a couple more phone calls right after this. So give us a call, 719-473-1240, right here on Around the House, and we'll get Steve's further thoughts on that Alaska Airlines fiasco. Hey, what kind of shape are your windows in? If you have ugly old wood windows from the 80s or maybe steel or aluminum windows from the 60s and 70s, you're wasting a lot of energy, not just in the winter, but in the summer also. A good set of vinyl windows, just what you need. Dutch's Home Improvement carries the best brands of vinyl windows in all price ranges and styles that you would want. So I want you to give them a call, 719-392-1369. They have the best installers in town, too. The reason I know that, they've been around over 30 years doing their thing when it comes to home improvement for siding, windows, patio covers, doors, whatever you need on the outside of your house. It's Dutch's Home Improvement, a local company, Dutch'sHomeImprovement.com. I know you've heard of them. Give them a call. Get those windows replaced at your house and save lots of wintertime heat bills and summertime cooling bills, Dutch's Home Improvement. Give them a call, 719-392-1369 for Dutch's. Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 24 minutes before the hour. We lost Steve. We were talking, just wrapping up about Alaska Airlines, a door coming off. Steve is a friend of mine, a high-time uh, pilot. Steve, I had to, I got to ask you, when you exit doors, uh, you have to pull them in because they push against the outside of the airplane with the air pressure. My, am I right that this door that popped off was an outside door why, why did why wouldn't it be installed from the inside you see what i'm saying yes they normally make uh, full-blown exit doors with a door handle they make them to blow outwards and use any existing pressure differential to help open it but uh, i don't know where it dropped but the issue was i think this thing was either under engineered by boeing specifically on the max 9 not the max 8 yeah or a production defect or installation defect or all three because what it is, if you're not going to fill the seats and you don't need that as an actual real live exit window, you block it and you plug it. And these things look like steel bank bolt rods, you know, one inch thick, yeah, yeah. going up and down the side walls like six of them. And then you have a, a bolt assembly to keep it in place. So something's got to be pretty screwed up to have those things come undone. The CEO is is tearing his hair out. He's, he's steam's coming out of his ear. I've seen some quotes from him, and they're going to get to the bottom of it. It's all Boeing needs, right? One more 
problem with the Max, but um, if if Boeing didn't have their hands in so many DOD projects, they would have been filing bankruptcy several years ago. Uh, okay, in, All right. In, anyway, on the issue of uh, external pipes, that gentleman had called. I would just throw in a towel like I've done on several issues with water pipes on external walls when it gets this cold and just throw in the heat tape. Those things have a microprocessor now. They're only using electricity when it needs it, and it sure beats all the rigmarole of guessing and hoping yeah. you get some warm air in there. Just personal pain. Well, that's that's a good thought. They they don't turn on until it gets to 37 or below. Uh, but right. the, I I found uh, over the decades that the the grill usually works pretty well too. But no, I I, I know what you're saying. Then you know for sure. The only problem is you got to find an outlet and all that. But um, well, you, you know, uh, we might have talked about this, and it seems kind of counterintuitive. But year in year out, the number one insurance claim is water damage. Oh yeah. And yeah. when you think about tornadoes, hurricanes, hail, et cetera, it seems counterintuitive. But there's millions more water damage than there are those massive catastrophic incidents yep uh from a ice maker pipe bursts in the kitchen or yeah. overflow of a yeah. laundry I'd, yeah exactly hey steve thanks for your call have a good one one last thing go one ahead last thing in government. i'm yeah. sorry one last item go ahead quick yeah go ahead uh, on the roof on the roof issue you know the older i get the more stuff breaks so the last roof we had seven years ago for this one after the lightning damage, somehow or another, even after a regional signed off on it, there's a bump out for a bay window in the kitchen, and the flashing on that little section of the roof on the bump out was not adequately done by the roofers. And so it was blowing on a, on a weird day when you had a bunch of northwest blowing snow. It would blow snow in to the flashing, and, of course, it would melt, and it will come down to oh, the Oh, d- delightful. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, so my thought, that's why I asked you, I mean – like the roofer says, hey, it was all done. It should be good. Well, should be and is are two different issues. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm still thinking it would be better after regional gets done there, sign off and holy water, is to have somebody else take a look at that flashing. But just well, that, that's where a home inspector might come in. Steve, i got to move along. Thank you, buddy, for your call. Thank you. Have a good Bye. one. Got Leo on line, too. Leo, thank you for your patience. What's going on today? Hey, Ken. Hi, uh, Leo. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, got a couple couple things. Yeah. Um, it's EV-related, and it's also solar-related. Yeah. And I tie it into the space industry. I've been in it for over 40 years. Um, and it's more on the operations side than, than the technical. Um, and, you know, it's the whole thing about us subsi- um, subsidizing people with EVs. Nobody's subsidizing me driving my diesel truck, and I bought it before the election, because diesel was a dollar cheaper than regular fuel. Now I'm paying a dollar more. So nobody's subsidizing me. I wholeheartedly agree there. But we have satellites that are on orbit that have been out there for over 30 years, Ken. Mm-hmm. 30 years, okay? They're run how? With solar panels that charge the batteries. Nobody goes up and changes the batteries in these things, and they've been working fine. The solar industry's been around since the late 1800s. But we, we're, we're subsidizing solar also? No, it's, it's, a, it's a ploy. It's a tactic that the government can go and subsidize one industry. So that, I don't know why. I really don't. I'm, I'm sick of Joe Biden. This guy needs to go. 
The government yeah. picking and choosing losers and winners is just disgusting. I, it's, yes, you, you, you know, I just I noticed that the other day. I'm not a diesel guy, but I did notice the a dollar ish more than unleaded fuel. It used to be cheaper. What, what flipped that over? Is there something that happened with diesel fuel that I, I yeah. bet it was some government rule? I suppose. But what's going on with that? Why isn't it cheaper than regular gas like it used it, to be? It's Okay, here's your conspiracy theory. It's a massive okay. plot by this administration. We can laugh about it, but it's true. If you do the analysis on it, this administration is doing everything it can to cripple our country. Yeah. Look at wh- how do we get products and goods locally around, uh, around the country. Diesel trucks. He is doing everything he can to cripple the industry. They're going after the railroads. They're now going after with the FAA, with this diversity. I won't fly again. They start hiring those people. I will never fly again. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I laughed when you said conspiracy because uh, it, it, all of this stuff is so obvious right out there uh, that it, it's, just, it's just a plan uh, to, to, uh, um, to, to make us uh, more dependent on government. And yep, yep. to to uh, you know, kind of cripple our economy. I, and I I don't know why people, more people right. can't see it, but it you know. Oh, by the way, you mentioned the FAA wanting uh, more diversity in their hires. Uh, also, United Airlines. I have a, a friend of mine that says he won't fly United anymore because the CEO came out and said we're going to hire uh, uh, make diversity uh, hiring uh, regardless of merit. For our pilots and uh who who needs oh, that no. right no 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 and it, it, you know it needs to go away diesel is less it takes less um um refining to do diesel right. than it does uh gas now here's the other thing so it should be, theoretically should be cheaper down. yes well it used to be Again, I'm telling you, he's trying to cripple our industry because if a truck driver is now paying four-plus a gallon when they were paying out of their pocket, they can't they say, hey, you need to pay me more because of gas. So the cost of products and services goes up, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, if we can't figure this out, Ken, in the next 20 to 40 years about the solar thing, um, and, and the EVs, we need to fail as a nation. I'm sorry to say. I've been serving it for almost 48 years, and well, it's a whole different well, country than when I went in in 1976. Well, thank you for your service. I, I was going to just, uh, on a footnote, Governor Newsom in California wants all these semi-trucks to be electric in the next, I don't know, six Correct. or seven years. Uh, yeah. How much fun yeah. is that going to be? So. Well, you, it can't. Yeah, it can't. well, you, you yeah, because, you, yeah, you can't charge batteries overnight, or you can't drive <laughs> overnight because you got to charge the battery. Batteries way too much, right. less loads, everything more. Everything's going to be more expensive uh, because we, we've we lost track of the basics, right? Correct. Yes, sir. Thermodynamics, yeah. physics, and all that. Well, um, what are, who, who is it that said we get the government we deserve? You'd think people would be a little more uh picky about this stuff we'll see what happens uh this year but i'm i'm as frustrated as you are uh why worry about wind and solar and evs when when the market can just sort this stuff out if the government will quit picking winners and losers right well here's a here's a prime example look at our space industry who's our number one person uh, industry 
it's space, SpaceX. Okay. Yeah, Tesla, uh, 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 Elon, uh, what's uh, Elon Musk, right? Yeah. Are you there? Okay. When I first saw the the return retrieval of the the missile boosters, I had flashbacks to late fifties and early sixties B rated, you know sci-fi movies of that happening and i'm going oh my god it's it's here the change that we've seen in our technology over the last last few decades that's why i say if we can't figure this out we as a nation deserve to fail and i don't say that lightly these well, people in their little woke mentalities need to be taken out behind the shit given an old-fashioned whooping well, you know, or, or and I got a better idea. How about every uh, every other government employee has to have taken a science course somewhere from seventh grade onward, just because the way these people yeah. make their decisions, you know, nobody's ever taken a science course. It just it it, it is frustrating. Leo, thank you it for. Is. Uh, for your call and again thank you for your service we need to move along here we're a little late for a break thank you um, again and steve for your call also 719-473-1240 oh my gosh uh can of worms but that we'll get through it right chris anyway we'll be right back right here and around the house give us a call How's your garage door look? You know, it's a, when people drive up to your house, the thing that jumps out at them in most cases is your garage door, 16 feet wide, 7 feet tall, and if it's boring looking or old and hail damaged, just looks old and tired, you want to call the folks at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, the number one name in garage doors. Through the um, uh, For a limited time only, uh, they have a sale going on now. If you mention around the house, 150 off a double door, 75 off a single so uh, check that out at their showroom. It's easy to find right up Fountain Boulevard, 1847 South Murray. And you'll see the garage doors don't have to look boring anymore. There's some great wood grain textured impression plank doors in all kinds of window styles, contemporary or traditional. And uh, check it out at their showroom or give them a call at 719-382-9227. Take advantage of the sale. 150 off a double, 75 off a single. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 719-382-9227. Well, it's not easy to pick a home improvement contractor. You want to make sure that you're dealing with some reliable people. I've met Gary, the owner of Dutch's Home Improvement, and I'm really impressed with his commitment to good old-fashioned customer service. They want you as a long-term customer. Dutch's has been around over 30 years, which tells you something about they have the, the products they carry. They have the best installers in town. Of course, they're licensed and insured. And if it's time for new windows at your house, if you have ugly old wood, steel, or aluminum windows, you're wasting energy. Your house isn't as pretty as it can be. So I want you to call Dutchess at 719-392-1369. They carry the best brands in all price ranges and styles of windows. You can check them out at uh, at their showroom. But I want you to call them. Gary and his gang over there at Dutchess. Uh, they they really rely on customer service and referrals in their business. So give them a call, duchesshomeimprovement.com or 392-1369 for the best in windows. It's Dutch's Home Improvement. Got a fix-it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back to the program on the Around the House show. Good to have you with us, 719-473-1240. Let's see, Mike says, uh, doesn't say, he asks, do you have a solution 
for that black residue around door hinges. Yeah, I, I have the same problem at my uh, at my house. It's fairly common, usually on the doors you use the most, which is the gar- going out to the garage. That's a heavily used door. The front door uh, at your house probably. Uh, bathroom doors. You know, the doors you use most most often. Uh, they create that little, that kind of sticky black residue around the door hinges. The the parts constantly rub together, and microscopic pieces of the metallic coating uh, on the hinges, plus dirt and oil that you lubricate with, uh, combine to make that residue. And sometimes the hard part is it falls to the floor and gets on your baseboard or on your tile or your carpet. So. Uh, you, you really need to clean it with mineral spirits. Mineral spirits are what in the old days we used to call paint thinner, you know, just a solvent kind of thing. Uh, so uh, if you see black residue appearing on those door hinges, I want you to uh, remove the hinge pins and, and wipe that, wipe the pins down with, with uh, some mineral spirits. And then the, the problem is, one of the reasons for these this microscopic black residue is we tend to over lubricate our door hinges. That's very common. Too much WD forty, too much light, uh, maybe sewing machine oil kind of thing. One of the ways around that is to is to sort of uh, lubricate the hinge from the inside out. That is, you take out the pin, you wipe everything down with mineral spirits and paper towel. And then you just put a little oil on that hinge pin itself, not on the not on the hinge leaves uh, that are on the door and on the door jam, just on the hinge pin itself. Wipe it down with a little uh, light oil, like three-in-one oil is one brand. There are all kinds of choices here, and just stick the hinge pin back in that hinge, and that's all the lubrication you need to do. So you'll have a lot of you'll have a lot of um, uh, a, a, a time before uh, you get any squeaking out of that door hinge but the point is you'll have a lot less of that that residue so yeah it can be kind of a pain and it's just it's detritus as we say from lubricating oil from dust and dirt uh they get on the uh, the hinge pins and on the on the hinge leaves themselves so less is better when it comes to lubricating your door, your garage door, same way we talked about before, you want to under-lubricate, not over-lubricate a garage door by spraying the the rollers and the, the pivots uh, with just a little tiny light oil or, or WD-40. I like Teflon spray lubricant better than WD-40, as I've said uh, before. So anyway, that's just that residue. You got to get it and clean it off before it falls on the carpet because it's wicked to get out of a carpet um uh, so yeah make sure you you check out and it's only on doors that you use all the time the number one culprit the door from the house to the garage let's see what else we have here this is from yvonne um we have a moss rock wall in our basement some of the moss is drying out and falling off is there a way to treat the rocks to preserve the moss well we've talked about this before moss it's not really moss it's lichen uh, which is kind of a, a nit, I know I'm being a little nitpicking there, but it is lichen. It might you might want to see if you can nudge it back to life. Sometimes this goes dormant, and you can use a spray bottle filled with dilute beer and water mixed together, a couple tablespoons of beer and a bottle filled with distilled water. Spray some on the mossy areas 
every few days, and you, it might return to its sort of greenish color. If it looks all uh, gray and yellowy gray now and dingy, it's because it's it's perhaps dormant and hibernating, so to speak. So a little uh, dilute beer and water um, is 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 can help bring it back to life. If it if it's died uh, totally, you can't resuscitate it. You can spray a little varnish from a can from a spray can on the surface. It's a little a little uh, tricky to do this because varnish is toxic and flammable. So you have to be very careful when you do this. But a little you can seal it with a little spray varnish if you would uh, if you would like to do that. Uh, you know, moss rock. It used to be very very popular back in the um, kind of in the seventies. Not so much anymore. But you can try to bring it back to life with a beer and water or spray some varnish on it. Let me know how that how that goes for you. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Oh, I want new gutters on my house, says George. Uh, I've noticed that some folks use vinyl. People put vinyl gutters up themselves. What do you recommend? I don't like vinyl. It's very flimsy. It doesn't stand up to hail and temperature and weather changes. You can't lean a ladder against it. Yeah, it is a do-it-yourself uh, gutter system, but I'm not really fond of it. I like five-inch aluminum gutters. Now, five-inch means they're five inches wide, you know, from front to back. Uh, and I, I do like them because uh, you can lean a ladder against them. They come in a multitude of, of factory colors that you can get to match any exterior decor. Uh, and they extrude them right on site for you so there's no seams which can leak and cause trouble. So five-inch aluminum gutters, uh, if, you, if you use uh, vinyl gutters, it's only a temporary thing. You're going to get sick of them. They're going to get damaged by hail. Uh, they're going to twist and warp in the in the extreme heat. If we have a hot summer, uh, they sort of deform, if you will. And uh, again, a ladder leans against them can bow them permanently. So, yeah, I would not look at the vinyl gutters, George. I would uh, pass them by. Five-inch aluminum gutter, gutters in your choice of exterior colors are just what you need on that house of yours. So there you go. That's it for the program for this week. Uh, thank you for all the calls and good email this week. Chris Moyer, thanks, uh, as always, for your help in the control room. As always, Chris will put up the podcast of this program within a couple hours between uh, CC Hockey and other things. You'll get the podcast up. You can go to aroundthehouse.com, click on Listen to Podcasts for all the Around the House back podcasts going back about 20 months or so. I'd love it if you do that. Hey, God bless. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. Same time, same station right here on Around the House.